Welcome to the FinNation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Devgannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back, Fem Nation. Today, we have an amazing guest, Priscilla Steven, who is an intuitive business strategist and we all need some intuition in our lives and someone that can kind of peek in and see what's going on when we can't see our blind spots. So I'm excited to have her today. She's the creator of the Soul Fluent Leadership Architect. Thank you for being on today, Priscilla. Yes, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to see where our conversation takes us today. So let's start with the main question. Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? A while ago, 10 years ago, in terms of the coaching business, but I had a business before that, which was importing fashion accessories, handbags, jewelry, artisanal primarily from Brazil, which is where I'm from originally. Um, so I am the true, did not expect to be an entrepreneur kind of person, never thought about it, never intended to be it, even though my dad has had a a very successful business for over 55 years in, in manufacturing. He, he would manufacture nuts and bolts and screws and all that stuff, which is very technical and masculine and steel, yeah. <laughs> metal driven. And, but I really thought I would do good. When I was nine years old, I thought I would be a nun, a ballerina, or an astronaut. And now I help women entrepreneurs kind of lead from their soul and grow uh, world-changing businesses. I think that's really the truth of who I work with. Um, so if you had told me <laughs> that this is where I would end up, I would have not known what you were talking about because I didn't even know that this was something people did, let alone something that I would do. And something where I would even tell my parents, this is what I do, and I get that look of, are you happy, honey? Because <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> I don't really know what that is exactly, but if it makes you happy, <laughs> sure, whatever you say. You know, my mom came to visit um, for three weeks just now. And she's like, you know, you could be making half a million dollars in some Wall Street firm and you've got an Ivy League degree and and yet you're doing what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, I know, mom. Yep. What can I say? This is this is where I ended up. So um, so it was very, it felt haphazard. Um, the first time, I've gone through three major career changes too. I started for a decade doing environmental policy work. I worked for a World Wildlife Fund. You know, it has a little panda. Yes. Um, and I had my graduate degree in international relations and environmental policy. And I thought I was going to save the, the, the world and environmental causes. And I did, I worked with very high level government leaders globally to make the planet more environmentally safe. But after 10 years of that, I got burned out. It's a tough mm -hmm. uphill journey to work against economics and profit-driven <laughs> interests. Um, and so my the reason that the fashion jewelry business came to be was that I was craving more creativity. 
in my mm. life. And somehow every time I wore accessories from Brazil, people liked it. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be nice? You know, maybe we could bring some of that over and sell it here. And I did that for three years and then the exchange rate didn't really cooperate. And I was like, and I was heartbroken only to realize that I had put so much of my self-identity and self-worth in the idea of this business, the fashion business, you know, had to work out. And honestly, I mean, I'm sure they they mean well and they're, they are good people, but I found people in the fashion world to be absolute kooks, nuts, and crazy people that mm-hmm. I had no desire to... to <laughs> I didn't feel very a lot in common with them. And so I spent five years trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do with my life? Because if if this environmental stuff that I did for a decade didn't work out, I tried this fashion business for three years. And I did that concurrently with the environmental stuff once I began to get feel burned out. I was, I had no clue what I was going to do next. Zero. I did Myers-Briggs tests. I began to interview people. I tried, I hired a career coach and I thought, well, maybe I open a franchise. Maybe I'm, I do psychology. I had no idea. And I, I tried three different tracks of research for a new career only to find out that none of them were viable. So then I was like, okay, I'm still back at square zero. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I decided then to use transferable skills of uh, event planning, which is what I'd done a lot in the environmental world, uh, you know, gathering people from different countries to come and have dialogue and stuff. And so I did that for a while uh, for a religious organization where they were really mean to me. <laughs> um, and that lasted nine months and I had to get out. And I jumped out of that to go work in the financial services industry, which I had no business I had going into. I reconfigured my resume again to do, to say that I did um, executive, I was an executive assistant. I am not good with details. I can see the details. I'm not the one to go and implement the details. And, and especially not in the financial services industry. You know, I, I came from the nonprofit do good world to go into the financial world and I was having issues with that. And so I got fired from the first job in three months. And then I managed to keep the second one after that for another nine months. And so after all of this, I reached bottom. I I was like, okay, great. So any ounce of self-confidence that was left had now been completely smashed between being fired twice in less than a year, mm-hmm. even though I knew those weren't my careers, you know, I'm not an executive assistant. I so respect people that are, but I am not good at, at it. And so I, I was lucky enough to get a postcard in the mail from Tony Robbins. And I did, you know, the UPW, his four day in New Jersey. I lived in New York City at the time. And so that turned into a year of let me go find myself. I had the luxury of having some money aside and being able to live with my mom, move back from D.C., back to New York, and um, somehow found out about nutrition school and said, well, maybe this is a great way to heal 30 years of emotional eating. And so I did that and nutrition school was a year and you can get a coaching certification out of that. It's like, oh, great whatever. (laughs) That was pretty much it. And then I thought, well, what if I did something with it? You know, I do like to counsel people. People have always come to me for advice. And so I started a health coaching business, but I knew it wasn't quite 
it. I wasn't excited to tell people what to eat. It's very messy, the whole emotional eating bit, you know, the real deeper issues. And what I found was that the clients that did hire me wanted to talk about their careers and their purpose and what they were really going to do with their lives. And the misalignments that came that were the, the more root issues were kind of the, what was causing the disordered eating, you know, and the obsessiveness and all the other stuff. So once we kind of got their lives in order and got them into careers that they really liked, which is what we did, turns out that um, they were a lot happier and I enjoyed that, but I knew something was missing. So I did that for three years and I was just waiting. I said, something is, there's a modality, there's something that's missing. And then I came upon this thing called the Akashic Records. And the Akashic Records is a beautiful kind of library of your soul in the ether. And it's a way to access your soul, your soul guides for guidance on any topic. It's a very profound space of love and truth and healing and guidance. It's not predictive, and yet it is very much a space of growth and personal development from a spiritual side. And when I came upon that haphazardly, you know, through an email, I hired someone who became my Akashic Records teacher to help me heal my own soul issues. Let's just put it that way. And I was like, oh my God, this is an incredible modality. This is a very potent tool. This has been the missing link. So that person that I hired uh, began to teach the Akashic Records. And so I took three levels. I learned to connect to my own guides. And then I learned to connect to the guides of others and other healing techniques. And I did a hundred free sessions, free readings in two months. I was so scared of the responsibility of people coming to me for guidance, you know, like, what do I do with my life? And what is my purpose? And, and so I just said, okay, just bring it. And so I did readings on all kinds of things. And I realized that I have no intuitive medical ability whatsoever. <laughs> I hate giving readings on relationships about finding your mate, losing your mate, why your mate left you, couldn't give a damn. Um, but I was really good at business stuff, which was a total surprise. You know, I happened to get some entrepreneurs, you know, because I was in the coaching business. And um, like, what do I do with my marketing? And what do I offer? And, and then all of a sudden, sales pages began to come out of my mouth. And this is how much you, this is what you do. And this is how much you pay for it. And this is what, you know, it's time for that book. And and so I was like, okay, I guess this is, this is, you know, this is enough information to decide to rebrand my business out of health coaching and into intuitive business, combining soul and strategy by using the Akashic Records as a tool to provide guidance to build a business through which you live out your purpose. So a bridge, kind of bridging between the two. Yeah. I mean, I still very much provide coaching and practical business strategy along with as you said, you know, the blind spots, like what does you provide that soul perspective of from the soul perspective, what does your soul want you to know that's possible for you to do with your life? How do you want to, how can you contribute with the gifts that you have really make a difference in the world? And for me, I, it was, you know, using the Akashic Records is a tool that I've been using now for eight years Personally, I don't make any life decisions. I don't make any business decisions without consulting my own guides and then running 
their kind of 5D spiritual you know, advice through my 3D earthly <laughs> world. It's okay, does this fit? Do I tweak this? You know, I always tell people no matter what I say or any intuitive tells you, run it through your own intuitive filter, through your own common sense filter. You still have free will and choice. Never give your power away to anyone. Um, and so that's what happened. And then once I began to do that, I began to really get excited about, you know, I've always wanted to help people live out their purpose because I really believe that people that are, if we have live in a world where more people are operating from their genius zone, truly really in that zone, confident, expansive, providing amazing ideas and in their zone, the world is just going to be naturally a better place. It's just more efficient. And so part of the work I do is, and I happen to love entrepreneurs in particular. I think we're an amazing breed of people, gutsy, bold, visionary, courageous, nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we have a lot, we're passionate. We have a lot that we want to see improved in the world. And I happen to focus on those people that um, appreciate, long for, and pay for the soul approach to doing business that combines strategy and soul and leadership with the leadership archetypes, which then became a body of work. That was the other thing I discovered haphazardly in channeling content for people's businesses is that I am adept at channeling a lot of dense information, including bodies of work, which became this body of work on soul-fluent leadership archetypes really, and really learning how to identify your archetype, which people can do from my free quiz, which we'll give them in a moment later. You bet. And, um, and also then, well, if you're, let's say a mystic archetype, like I am, how do you build your business in alignment with your innate mystic gifts, right? And talents. How do you navigate the kryptonite of usually self-doubt, which comes with, especially for mystics? How do you build your business model, your branding, your messaging, your content? Uh, how do you build and grow a successful team based around the archetype that you are? How do you lead from a soul-driven space, working with your innate zone of genius and gifts, so that business becomes a lot less challenging. I'm not going to say it's always going to be easy, but there's that deeper sense of alignment. I, I blurted out to a, a client once. I said, you know, dreams and businesses don't bring joy. Alignment does. And alignment comes a lot from understanding the soul perspective to doing business um, and to doing business in a way that's your own way to do. Um, and so it's become an incredible journey because when I downloaded this, what became a book, um, on these soul fluent leadership archetypes, I knew nothing about leadership. I wanted nothing to do with leadership. And I'm like, I'm talking about business and Akashic records and, and purpose. What the hell has leadership got to do with this? This was 2016. This was before Trump. This was before Black Lives Matter. This was before we were all kind of happily going about our lives and most of us kind of clueless or blocking out the rest of the other issues that were going out in the world. Definitely that was me. I was in my coaching bubble. 
And then all of a sudden the world kind of transformed between politics and then COVID. And I was like, oh, I can see why this work is more timely now. People are reprioritizing what matters most. They're questioning a lot more and they're looking for alternative ways to find deeper meaning and purpose in their lives that goes beyond just creating a lifestyle business. And there's nothing wrong with that just making money. There's nothing wrong with that either. But there are bigger, deeper questions that this work can help create a path forward to that brings alignment and purpose and money and fulfillment in one place. Um, and so, um, but, but getting to all of that, where there's now the Soul Fluent Business Guide is coming out in July, is to that my nervous system shut down for 18 months and I completely burned out because how do I explain leadership to people? I didn't think I was a leader. I didn't think I was qualified to talk about leadership. To me, that's, you know, people in big suits with, you know, lots of accolades. And so I had to take some time to say, do I really want to do this work? Do I just let it go and just allow the universe to give it to somebody else, you know, and finish this off? Because, but I'm not a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, my motto is just keep going until the next step appears. Um, and so I had to figure out how to position the work and what role I would play in sharing the work so that it was authentic and genuine for me. And so the way that it's actually how the work is designed is. I'm here to guide to help you identify the kind of leader you are at a soul level, the language of your soul's contribution, which is the archetypes, and then help you design a business around it by questioning everything you've been told and to really deep dive deep into self-trust, self-awareness, and to do business your way that really reflects your values, your cycle of business, and your season in life. It's not always about growing. Sometimes it can mean downsizing, simplifying, being having a more spacious business, which I find is what most of my clients want. They don't want complicated. They want simple and spacious. And they want the income and they want the impact. So how do we create that? And so it really was a long journey of immense imposter syndrome, resistance. Like, I don't want to do this. Can somebody just give me something else? You know? Um, but now I can see the beauty of the work and the potency. And over the last year, I channeled what is now the Soul Fluent Leadership Business Guide, which is a guide, how to reference material to show you step-by-step -step how to build and grow your business in alignment with your archetype. There are five. There's the mystic archetype, the visionary, the strategist, the explorer, and the divine feminine. And the mystic, which is me, we use our intuitive healing and creative abilities to elevate consciousness uh, and to create more harmony and well-being in people's lives. Um, and so what's really important I have found is that, you know, really leading with your gifts in your business is critical. Most mystics tend to be afraid of their spiritual gifts. Oh, I'm a psychic or I can channel things or I do woo stuff. It's too woo for people to understand. So how do we 
come to terms with that woo and allow that woo to be really showcased and highlighted in our messaging, in our marketing materials and how we present ourselves, because that is the attracting factor. It's that catch 22, right? We know that the woo is the superpower and what we love, but we're also terrified that it's what's going to, you know, make people judge us or not want to pay us or think we're crazy. Um, so it's a process, you know, there's always um, highs and lows and um, kryptonite and antidotes for each of the archetypes in terms of like, like I said, with the mystic, we're highly intuitive, and we can bring the unseen messages into visible form. But we also can have crippling self doubt and worry and undercharge. And of course, this is not just the mystic, but the mystic tends to be prone to this. So how do we work through that? And how do we build the business that is really nourishing and profitable and that showcases the gifts that we have? And so the business guide is a really great tool to help you do that. Um, but it's been, <laughs> I mean, it's been, a, it's been a road. It's a trip. It's been a journey. Um, I, in many dark nights of the soul, um, there's been nothing easy about it. It's just been utter sheer will and perseverance and just like that dog goddedness of like, I got to keep going because mm -hmm. I want to know where this is going to take me. So that's pretty much the journey in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> well, the grind, right? I mean, that's, that's what a lot of us entrepreneurs tend to focus on is that we just got to keep grinding, but we will burn out if we keep grinding and don't see that connection or have someone like you guide us through that parallel to understanding what it is we're doing. Hey, Fem Nation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M-2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. I have a quick question for you, though, as far as the archetypes go. Is there a common thread for entrepreneurs in the archetypes in one or two, you know, do they tend to be in one or two types or are they across the board? They are across the board. However, I, I, my sense is that from what I have studied, you know, so far in this work is that, for example, they tend, an archetype tends to fall often into specific industries, let's say the strategist, right? The strategist mm -hmm. uses their, they usually build data or process driven businesses. So like my husband is a software engineer. So you will likely find strategists, likely, right? Social media, online management, um, software, technology, finance, law, academia, very technical, um, minutia driven 
um, uh, industries where they are streamlining a lot of data or systems and streamlining it so that the masses can actually have a better life or assimilate really complex information in a simplified way. If you think of someone that does Facebook ads, for example, right? There's all the data and all the numbers, but you hire them so that they can figure out all of that complicated number stuff and then give you a strategy and say, okay, we're going to do it this way. And these are the targets. And like they, they simplify it, break it down, but they break it down. But behind the scenes, right, they're the ones doing all the number crunching or looking at right. the information and streamlining your strategy so that you can actually get to your result without you having to learn it all yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But like uh, mystics can be found in a whole bunch of areas. So intuitive healing and creative from your, a doctor, a chiropractor, body workers, workers, products like CBD Mm -hmm. stuff, intuition. I mean, from psychics to coaches, to therapists, to gosh, psychologists, you could have people even in the legal field that might be operating in that space. Creative can be anything artistic, a writer, um, a fashion designer, you know, all kinds of things. So it can really, um, you know, carry through the spectrum. So of course, nobody is stuck in particular fields, but Mm -hmm, they do mm -hmm. tend to, each archetype does tend to kind of be in particular kinds of industries. But of course, there are the exceptions to the rule. Sure. And I never pigeonhole anything or anyone yes. or any conversation into one bucket because it is never, never that cut and dry. It's not, it's not, it doesn't work that way. But I was just curious to, you know, hear some feedback from you based on, you know, who you've worked with, what you've done and kind of, you know, what you see from your view, your vantage point. So it fascinates me because um, as you were talking about that, I know that as an entrepreneur myself, for years in multiple different industries and, and, you know, just different fields of it. um, I find myself, you know, challenging things or challenging ideas and then either challenging it to myself or challenging it to the world or, you know, whatever that looks like. And so it's interesting because the ebb and flow of, you know, all of us, even when we listen to someone else's story, we kind of, you know, we see where the parallel runs with how it connects for us. And so as you were telling all, uh, telling us about that, I was just like, I can see where that, you know, I've, I've tested it, not really knowing what I was doing, but tested, where does that fit? And then be like, Oh, I think, I think I'm creative. I like this. I'm like, "Mm, not quite like that. All right. I, you know, went into accounting and I'm like, okay, get educated. And I was like, Ooh, I really don't, I, yeah, I can do it now that I taught myself a skill, but I don't want to live there. Not my jam, you know? And so I was like, okay, so what about this? You know, so I see myself as the proverbial entrepreneur who will go out there and test something, but then it's almost like data capturing for myself and then giving myself feedback and saying, yes, that is what I thought it was. Um, and yes or no, I do not like it or want to pursue it or no, that is not even close to what I thought it was. And then having to, you know, make a, a de- decision based on the newfound information. So it's almost a lot of internal data capture for me. And I, I feel like that's been kind of my life lesson with entrepreneurship. Yeah. And even within our own businesses, business model, marketing strategies, yep. like, do I really want, you know, because what works for someone is not what's going to work for your business or necessarily, or 
this particular iteration of your right. business and cycle either. Yeah. Right. And giving a lot more grace to people, you know, instead of, I saw somebody out there mention something. Oh, I have to rack my brain on it, but in, in the stuff, you know, cause I consume a lot of content as well, you know, just kind of keeping a pulse on what's going on out there. I enjoy it. Uh, you know, it piques my curiosity a little bit, gives me, you know, food for thought, but saw somebody mentioned something that, um, we need to not downplay somebody else's methods because uh, if we do, I'm paraphrasing, but if we do, we're essentially saying that they're lying to us when may, when they're probably not, we need to give much more grace to the fact that they're probably not just worked for them that way. You know, so instead of, instead of pushing back and saying that doesn't work, giving much more grace to the entrepreneurial space that maybe it doesn't work when the season we're in or the moment we're at in our entrepreneurial journey or the stage of growth that we're in as a human, you know, as a being in general, you know, I mean, there's so many factors to it. And I, I love seeing the awareness uh, the connection that you have with it, um, but also the awareness in general, just kind of opening up a little bit more to saying, okay, let's be a little bit more proactive about how we're approaching what entrepreneurship looks like and not try to, f- not try to fit it in a particular box or square, you know, shape. It, it, how come it can't be bigger, more intuitive, more creative, more you know, statistical, you know, why can't it be all those things? Why can't it be a combination, a really beautiful combination? Yes. And my, the word I love the most is simpler. You know, Mm -hmm. if I could, I I mean, if I could, I would probably love to not ever do social media, but it tends to be how I grow in expressing my voice. It's in how I learn to be more visible, to try new things, to experiment. It's how clients come to me. Um, it's also with the archetype work, it's very content dense and rich. And so social media is a way, especially Instagram now for me, um, is a way to share about the content, not only my life, but also what are the archetypes? How can, how can they help you run a better business? So it really, it's almost just building a little, um, reel of content that people can consume in more bite-sized ways but feel connected to you as well somehow. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very candid about the journey. I'm very candid about the work. Um, still, I still feel very much like a novice and an apprentice in this body of work. You know, I still haven't seen this really out in the world in different arenas and fields. Like I haven't tested the archetypes much more richly with the strategist or with the explorers of mm-hmm. the world. Um, but I've, I've seen it more with the mystics and the visionaries and it's fascinating to see um, the insight around business model, message, and money systems and structures. Like if you really look at those three levers through the lens of your archetype, it will inform so much and cut through so much guesswork mm. and bullshit. Um, um, for example, the visionary is a disruptor and an innovator, which means that their message must be disruptive and very polarizing and clear and bold from the beginning. It also mm-hmm. means that their business model needs to be highly um, leveraged. Um, and usually it's for the masses and less one-on-one. 
Um, and of course, that's, I don't mean to generalize each business has sure. its own nuance, but um, there are certain factors to at least keep in mind or to uh, approach from the lens of that archetype and see how can that really help you. And sometimes for me, even I'm, I'm a mystic through and through, but my business is asking me to, to bring on more elements of the visionary at this stage, yes. to be bolder, to be more efficient, to be louder, you know, to attract more of the masses in the work that I do, even though most of my one-on-one, which I love, is um, it's always going to be there. And so it doesn't mean, again, like you said, there's no pigeonholing. Just because you're an archetype now doesn't mean you actually can't shift or your business might not ask you to step into another archetypal energy, patterns, beliefs at a different phase because we're always evolving. We're always right. changing. But I will be a mystic through and through. I use mystic gifts of intuition, holding space, you know, and channeling. That's not going to change. But how I run the business, the role I play in the business, the offerings I have, those might shift over time based on what's my soul wants, based on what the world is doing, based on my season in, in life, you know. Um, and as, and as I was doing all of this, I moved to San Diego. I met my husband, I got married. We went through all major life stressors, family members dying, moving him, changing jobs, health issues, me burning out, getting hypothyroidism, having panic attacks. I mean, all of this happened in life as I was also developing all of this. So life doesn't stop, right? Business is a... I think that's a key thing is to remember that we are humans building businesses. <laughs> business right. is a component of life. And we need to sometimes, the grace is cutting ourselves slack to think about, well, can you look at all of what you've created in your life, all of what's happened um, and not just like business statistics too, you know, because right. sure you can look at business, but also don't forget that you're, human being, you know, having babies and getting married and divorced and moving and all the things, you know? Right. How does one find out what their, what their main archetype is? Yes. What's the best you, way to do that? You go to priscillastefan.com. There are lots of buttons on there. If you can go to priscillastefan.com and, um, uh, and then forward slash quiz. So. Ah, so now they can, now the listeners can go through and determine what, who they are and give themselves some clarity, but potentially probably even uh, reach out to you and um, get some understanding around what that tells them too, right? Because there needs to be a little bit of, a little bit of that help and, and um, speak into it. Uh, no pun intended, but <laughs> into it. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. But so for them to have some clarity, because it's one thing to be informed. It's another to know what to do with that information then as well. And that's where you guide them. As, am I correct in assuming that? Yeah. So if, if, if you take the quiz and then decide to opt in, you get a PDF that gives you a summary and some reflection questions to get you started. You know, the email sequence is short, but potent to introduce you to the elements of soul fluent leadership because soul fluent leadership is here to help you learn the language of your soul's leadership. Like how does your soul want you to lead in this lifetime? But also soul fluent leadership's promise is to create a world where everyone thrives. It's not mm. just for the few. It's not just for some. It's how does 
does your business decision affect yourself, your company, your team members, your clients, and the planet? Like what ripple effect does your do your business decisions have on everyone, including yourself? How do you create that win, 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 win? And that right there is exactly what we need. Yes, that will create lots of paradigm shifts on the planet because it requires higher yes. awareness and accountability and collective thinking that from that me to the we, you know? Yes. Yeah. Priscilla, how does the audience find you and connect directly with you? PriscillaStefan.com. And I'm more active on Instagram and it's just my full name, Priscilla Stefan on Instagram to find me, or you can just figure to my website. You can see the Instagram feed at the bottom on the footer too. <laughs> That's awesome. This has been such an eye-opening episode to really get to know what's behind the scenes that we don't, you know, we get busy in the day-to-day. And even though that might be someone's architect archetype to do so, that, you know, we still can get stuck in those things too. So taking a moment to listen to this and, and to hear it and maybe remind some of us um, that there is a place for this is beneficial and uh, does not go unnoticed for timeliness. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you so, so much for having me. Uh, It's been such a pleasure. Wonderful. I look forward to having the audience connect with you and to, um, you know, get to get to get to have them experience, you know, knowing their archetype as well. So guys, make sure you jump into the show notes and click on the links. Take that quiz. Curious. Uh, Give some feedback on what that looks like, but definitely take her up on that because knowing is, is part of the awareness factor and the awareness factor is what ripples that change. So as always, keep moving forward. Hey, Fem Nation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.